Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Hello and Barkano morning to one and all. We're all having a very... Oh, there's quite a Barkano coming from the construction site nearby. <laughs> lest we all forget, that of course means noisy ruckus. Oh, or that... something like that. See, mine didn't mean anything, but yeah. yours is actually correct. Yes, I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. I am always correct, and this is Jojo's World. <laughs> We're just getting right into the content. Yep. Jojo's World, of course, is our Jojo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion show. And today, Nick, I am so excited to announce that we have some Jojo's news to <gasps> recap and discuss. Hang on, wait. First question. Is part six announced yet? No. Hang on, wait. Jojo's World news stinger. Hey, that was really good. Now, if you can just uh, throw together a quick mashup of... Uh -huh. uh, yep. Bloody Stream and the uh, ABC News uh, intro Majestic Fanfare 1995 variant as performed by the West Australian Symphony Orchestra. Can do, yeah. Uh, next 24 hours. Uh, that'll be great. Okay. You are not wearing a watch and yep. you are looking at your wrist as if yep. you are. And my computer is in the shop for repair. Hooray. So that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But I highly recommend everyone check out the ABC News <laughs> intro theme. It's a banger. I want to say, yeah, also. exactly what I was yep. going to say. Yep, Pendulum made a remix of it yep. in 2000 and... X. X. Pendulum, are they Australian? They are. They're from Melbourne, that I believe. That makes sense. Yep. And they were like, this is a banger theme. Let's make it an actual banger. And then played it at festivals and it was a banger. So, Nick, since we last recorded an episode of JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast... There were rumblings on the JoJo front. Don't don't break my JoJo heart. front, of course, a popular anime white supremacist website. <laughs> <laughs> People go there and they're like, "Have you noticed that all the main characters are white? Is that a coincidence?" I mean, they're not. <laughs> they're not. All of them. <laughs> Jotaro, Every single one. Jotaro and Josuke are very obviously Japanese. Uh, Avdol is very much Egyptian. Yep. Uh, but they're all white. So, yes. The news, Liam. The first bit of news. Wait, what do you mean so the first The narrative. Bit? Okay. All People right. noticed that, I think it was Funimation, but it might have been like Shueisha or something. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not going to do any re-research. Re this is all, all from the top of the dome. <laughs> okay. Registered. The website. Jojo-portal.com. And people were like, is this real? Could this mean anything? This feels sus. Uh, people were looking at it. There was nothing op available on it publicly until someone accidentally made it public for a few minutes and someone snapped some content. Uh, and then later it did go public and we saw the content. So what you're saying is there's a JoJo's Portal website. There's a JoJo's Portal website. The portal for all your JoJo needs. And I've got, I pulled up that website now. Oh. And I will read you. An announcement they made on it. Bruno Bucciarati is in several photographs. Bruno Bucciarati is in Smash. <laughs> Bruno zips in. Oh, God. Bruno Can... zips up. That's what it would be. Are you sure it'd be zips up? Yeah, zips up. Wouldn't you know, it like, be... Like when your fly is down, you need a zipper. Yeah, yeah, but wouldn't it be something like Bruno unzips the competition? Oh, I like zips up. Okay, it's, all right. It's funny. Bruno zips up the haters. <laughs> So, Jojo Portal site. Tell me about... Which is, of course, Jojo's the title of the Jojo Portal to, site. Well, he's showing it to me now, so clearly I can see so it. So, there's a beautiful picture, a collage of jo Jonathan Joestar, Joseph Joestar, Jodoro Kujo, Josuke Higashikata, and Giorno Giovanna. Mm. Which is distinctly different from a montage, which is in motion. Yeah. 
Boom. It's a tableau. A tableau. Which is French for table. <laughs> it's a tableau of mirepoix. As a summary of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure animation series, we proudly announced a... Uh, we proudly announced to hold, to hold, of course, one word, an exclusive event, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the animation special event, Joestar, the Inherited Soul, scheduled April 4th, 2021, six months out. What does that mean? The cast of main characters from each part of the series will come together for the first time in... In history of the project. And of course, the project has the opening of some quotation marks, but not the closing. <laughs> the closer attention I'd pay to this website, the susser it seems. Um, what, what is this? Scheduled to take the stage are voice actors who each played the main characters in their corresponding parts, including Kazuyuki ok- Okitsu, voice of Jonathan Joestar, uh-huh. Tomokazu Sagita, voice of Joseph Joestar, Daisuke Ono, voice of Jodaro Kujo, Yuki Ono, voice of Josuke Hikashikata, mm-hmm. and Kensho Ono. Hmm, a lot of Onos. Now, voice of Giorno Giovanna. Together with the announcement for this special event, a new key visual featuring these main characters is also released. I have a question. Yes. Um, is this the Japanese cast? Yes, the- that's okay. why they all had Japanese names. Oh, racist. That's okay. Hmm. Hmm. Don't know. Don't know about that, Nick. Anyway, then you can also just go to the website and like click the page for anime. Is this gonna be? Which will take you to. Is this gonna be like when um a list of the animes? One of my friends was like, "I'm gonna start a game studio," and then they made the website and then never made any games. And also, I... he wasn't really my friend. He was more of an associate in the Perth scene. You know who you are. He doesn't listen to this podcast, Nick, but he knows. Well, first of all, Nick, make your friends listen to our podcast. Um, second of all, I doubt it. Because this is, of course, a production company that has produced five parts of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure already. <laughs> but we don't know. There is an event in April. All the Joseph, all the Josephs are going to be there. <laughs> all the JoJo voice actors are going to be there. Will we get a sixth one there? Unclear. But it seems to me likely there'll be some sort of announcement there. Mm-hmm. Uh, cynically, I wonder if it's going to be some sort of Eyes of Heaven 2 bullshit. <laughs> well, of course, with the PS5 on the horizon, yeah. seems we are due for a new bad JoJo fighting game. Oh, great. <laughs> Love it. Maybe this one will actually be able to play together in some way. Um, question. Question. Will we get an invite to the event? Doubtful. Who's running the event? Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nick, of course, without international travel right now. (laughs) Emperor of Japan, I beseech thee. Okay, there are several obstacles to our attending the JoJo event, Nick. One, we have no credentials and no reputation. Oh, that is not true. We have a long-running podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with absolutely no affiliation with any of the production companies associated with the anime. That's correct. We're free agents. And might I add, we have dissed both Crunchyroll and David Productions on multiple Crunchyroll occasions. Crunchyroll not really relevant here. We watch it on Crunchyroll, and I have always said, God damn it, these ads are annoying. Yep. Big fans of Hirohika Araki, though. Yeah, I mean, Hirohika Araki is a, Love a treasure. Love Yeah. Wait, what? Um, we are probably not in the country where it takes place, what? and there is a pandemic. Wait on a minute now. We don't know if it's happening here, virtually, or in space That's true. on if Mars. It's virtually, we might. I'm going to put this out there. I don't want to do a reaction video. I find reaction videos are. Uh, no, I don't want to do a reaction fake. video. I mean, I'm perfectly fine doing a reaction 
podcast. Yeah. A, after, a recap and discussion yeah, podcast. A recap and discussion is fine. Yeah. Because we're not rehashing the same content again for, for the listener. Yeah. We're, we're not... We, we prefer to add our own... Uh, Je ne sais quoi. Yeah. A certain... I don't know what. A certain content, if you will. But Nick... We're not here to really talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure today. We are here to recap and discuss two episodes of Bacano. Hot Bacano, of course. Hot mess. <laughs> of course, the anime that is directly responsible for my brief 2008-2009 interest in the 90s-slash-early 2000s Scar-slash-Swing Revival. Oh. Because I watched... An AMV, which of course stands for Anime Music Video, mm-hmm. of Bacano, set to the unfortunately named bands Cherry Pop and Daddies. Uh, I think that may have been slightly intentional. Oh, yes, but unfortunate from an objective standpoint. Oh, okay, yep, gotcha. Uh, song about a race riot, Zoot Suit Riot. Oh, I see. Did you ever own any Scar Revival uh, clothing? No. Good man. I had some standards. <laughs> you I just were... had bad taste in music. You saw it and went, I like this song, but I don't like anything else about it. Barkano. Noisy ruckus. What is a barkano? Well, a bark is uh, a classical okay, composer. So from... this is our um this is our <laughs> true crime podcast about the events of Barkano. Nineteen thirty one. A train. Three mobster families collide. Why did they collide? And really, is the train the best point to start this story? Where else could we start, Carol? I, I don't know, boss. I don't know. I just have so much newspapers that need to be made today, Carol. Nick, um, today we decided to switch to watching the dub of Barkano because I got sick of my bad subtitles mm-hmm. and I and learned... curiosity killed you. This is apparently the most expensive dub Funimation has commissioned. Ever? So... A random internet comment I read asserted. <laughs> okay, now hang on a minute. Yes. This random internet comment. Yes. Was it reputable? No. But and it wasn't disreputable. It was hang- neutrally hang reputable. Okay, where did you read it? Some anime forum where someone was like, <laughs> should I watch the subtitles or the dub? And someone went, it's the most expensive Funimation dub anyone's ever made. Yes. Now, I'm no fucking uh, genius when it comes to internet comments. Okay? Yep. okay. But I'm willing to bet there may have been a more expensive dub since then. Possible. Very possible. Both in terms of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and any other anime ever made. Lisa Lisa's in here like, that Nick, he's a genius when it comes to internet comments. <laughs> How did he know? How did he figure it out? Was uh, it his past experience... Or was it Carol? That's something that really struck me when we were doing our recent Battle Tendency retrospective Patreon episode, patreon.com slash Jojo's World. <laughs> Just slide it in. People keep describing like Wamu and Joseph as like, he's a genius at combat and a genius at trickery. It's oh. just a whole bunch of geniuses flexing on each other. We got a really good comment on that episode um, that was something like, you know, I never noticed this at first, but Joseph does tend to just have a really violent... Streak. Like, literally anyone other than Smokey he meets for the first time, he is absolutely <laughs> fucking willing to punch. Yeah. Directly in the face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No one, like, between him and Tomoko, no wonder that Joseph. Stroheim, so- Caesar, doesn't punch Lisa Lisa, but threatened it a lot. Yep, Susie Q. I mean, extenuating circumstances. Mental punches. She was possessed by the devil. Mental punches the first time they meet. 
you know. And he didn't really meet anyone else, did he? Uh, Mark. Machina and Loggins. Oh, yep. Wanted to fight them. Uh, Caesar. He was absolutely yep. going to punch them out. Already said Caesar. Uh, Lisa Lisa. He was going to beat the shit out of her. In conclusion, confirmed. Stone Ocean is still not confirmed. But... What is the point of being alive? Barkano. Oh. Everything began aboard the Advina Avis. <gasps> Don't you hate it when children drink... The Grand Panacea whilst aboard the Avena Avis. Yeah, Cheslaw really fucked up. <laughs> I just love that the bit where we're revealed that Cheslaw is on the thing is in that bit where everyone's there. It's like there. a big crew and then round just, table meeting. And then at the bottom of the screen, whoop, I'm here. I also agree with everyone. <laughs> this is my only line this episode. He was in the background of a few other shots prior to that, like, but I was specifically looking out for him because I knew he was meant to be there. I didn't notice he was there at all. <laughs> and then when he shows up, he's like, Whoop, I'm Cheslaw. Hi. And I was like, what the fuck? He's here. The year is 1711. 1711. 1711. Carol. A ship, the Advina Avis, is sailing from somewhere to somewhere. Ah. We can assume from Europe to the United States. Mm -hmm. Yep, that does make sense. I guess, in a very roundabout way. It could be anywhere. 1711 is a long time and away. And our cold, our cold open is a hooded figure slithering around the ship and then drinking someone in the same way that Zillard drank Mr. Barnes. Ah. Through his right hand. Oh. And then, so we get that sort of like horror movie style uh, initial murder, and then we cut What's to. What's in the boat? The day before. There are these two young lovers, Gredo, mm -hmm. and what was her other name? Sylvie or something? Sylvie. 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 They're in love. They want to be immortal. Miser is on the ship. He's summoning a demon to make them all immortal. But Gredo and Sylvie are like, we're so in love, we don't care if we never become immortal. As we'll find out later in the episode, they do. They absolutely do. They have strong opinions both ways. Yeah. Summoning a demon? That seems pretty risky to me. But if it gets us the grand panacea... Oh, I'm for it. I'm down. I'm ready. Me too. Kind of. Less so. Which one are we right I'm now? I'm Sylvie. Great. I, guess I that, have more misgivings. I guess that makes me Gredo, yep. who's kind of an asshole. He doesn't really have much of a character. No, he has three scenes in this entire episode, I think. So there's a big... Every, everyone has breakfast in like the mess hall of the ship. Yeah. And, and they're not immortal yet. We've got um, Miser here. Mm -hmm. We've got Zillard. Uh-huh. We've got uh, sort of a, a very cheery man. <laughs> cheery. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's the man whose whole thing is like, I want everyone to be happy all the time. Does he show up later in he the show? He was at the end of this episode. I don't know if he's been in it prior. Hmm. Okay. All right. Because yeah, I thought maybe he was um, maybe the guy from the newspaper company. He does look a bit like him, though I'm pretty but, sure that's someone else because of yeah. what's Nicholas from the newspaper company's whole thing is he wants to find out about the immortals. Mm, seems unlikely. Yes. He'd be one of them. Yes. So Zillard is very angry that Miser, an alchemist, wants to summon a demon. Serious heresy, he says. It's not right. It's just not right. It's what you do when you're dead, not when and you're this alive. this handsome fella, whose name we never get, is like, wow, I didn't expect such reticence from one of the most inquisitive fellows aboard the ship, Zillard. Yes, well, I have fucking standards, no name. Yeah, you don't even get a name. Cheslaw's here. That's Cheslaw? Yep, you can tell because he's a child. And there's a guy who's... Whose eyes are covered by his fringe. Yeah. Or maybe it's a lady. That's a guy. Okay, that's a guy. Uh, has long, droopy hair. 
If we can become immortal, then history will change. But it's all just bullshit, Zillard asserts. <laughs> but if it is true, says Droopy Hair Guy, then Miser will come to stand beside Sinesis and Zosimus as one of the great alchemists. Ah. We all know them. Anyway, then the guy who is like, everyone be happy, is like, everyone be happy, standing on top of one of the tables. So I'm assuming Droopy Hair Guy is Cheslaw's guardian, because like he puts his hand on his head in a very protective way. It could it could be anyone, honestly. I Everyone like on the ship could be very protective of Cheslaw. Subtle shifts in Cheslaw's visual design. He's got much more innocent eyes in the past when he is, of course, actually the age of a child and not a centuries-old immortal child. Mm, not one who locks children in cupboards. Yeah. Huey Laferay is also aboard. Huey. Now, Nick, do you remember who Huey Laferay is? He's the one that the black-suited fellows are trying to resurrect somehow. That's or right. And the father of Shane. <gasps> Shane. A character who has yet to say or do anything. I mean, to be fair, she has opened a door. That's true. And then prompted the screams of a child. I am Huey Laferay. I am sort of vaguely sinister on the ship, but I don't really engage with anyone or do anything. Oui, oui, monsieur. La Forêt. Huey, he's there, he's talking to Gretto and Sylvie, and the subtitles notes inform me they are reciting a quote from The Emerald Tablet, a foundation of alchemy by European alchemists. Ooh. It's something like... Uh, it's basically, so above, as, as, a, yeah, as above, so below, hashtag yeah. uh, Yellowstone Magic, hashtag Blazeball. I don't know what... Uh, is it as above, so below? Yeah. I don't know what that means. It's like equivalent exchange in Full Metal Alchemist, you know? You know, you've got to keep things equal. Yeah, but again, I don't know how that ties into as above, so below. I don't know what... How, why is it as above, so below instead of like equivalent exchange, just saying the words? That which is above is like that which is, so, which is below. Uh -huh. To do the miracles of only one thing, and as all things have been and arose from one by the media meditation of one, everything is united and the circle is closed. Nick, it's like Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Okay, hit me with this. It's about symbiosis. Uh -huh. What affects the Gungans below affects the Naboo oh! above and vice versa. So as above, the Trade Federation declaring war on Naboo, so below the Gungans respond with their own violent tendencies. Not quite, but close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Equivalent exchange. It's not certain that the devil were thinking... So they kept going... Okay. Sub dub inconsistency. Yes. Subtitles keep saying they're going to summon the devil. Uh -huh. I think that works. It's good. We all know what that means. Yeah. Subtitles keep saying. Wait, did I say subtitles before? Yes. Dub keeps saying we're going to summon the devil. Okay. The dub says we're going to summon yep. the devil. Quote. But the subs keep saying like the demon we're summoning or we're summoning a demon. Yeah. I feel like it's less specifically evocative. No, particularly, think... particularly when the demon starts talking and starts. You don't have to call me the devil. Wait, does he say that? Yeah. He didn't say that in the subs. No. Oh. Yeah. Oh, never mind then. Okay. Anyway, Huey's like, for alchemists to get into black magic, it's all just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, equivalent exchange, whatever. Yeah. You know, you just turn one thing into another. It's fine. I can only be interested. I'm looking forward to it. Miser. He's young. He's surprisingly buff. <laughs> surprisingly buff? The yeah. man is jacked. He's carved a uh, pentacle or pentagram uh, yeah, into pentagram, yeah. the uh, wooden slats of the ship below decks. We don't really spend much time above decks on this ship. No, well, when you're dealing with alchemy and dark, mysterious conspiracies... But in this whole episode, I mean, you know? Yeah. I suppose it contributes to the um, claustrophobic feel of being trapped on a ship with someone who might want to devour you. Mm. And as we... You know, it kind of becomes a bit of a... Um, 
not a Hunger Games necessarily. More like the thing, right? Something when, is running around killing people, and it could be you. But even even aside from that, like after they've all they all learn of the immortality, and the only way they can die is being devoured by another immortal. Mm-hmm. Like it becomes a bit of a um, like, oh my god, anyone could turn on me right now. Yes, but also it would suck to be on the deck of the ship while it's raining, and it's raining a lot in this episode. True. All right, let's um, let's have a friggin' have a friggin' seance. <laughs> All right, everyone, I'm gonna summon the devil. All right, I'm just gonna let me just kneel down and go to summon the bloody devil. Yeah, right. me. So there is still a bit of jumping across back and forth between time in this episode, but everything is on the ship. So Barkano has to be Barkano, yeah. even when it's in a. This is a. This episode is a microcosm of Barkano's storytelling. Hey, so look, we have one episode where we need to introduce. Yeah. Some stuff. Okay, great. How about we make it as difficult to follow yeah. as humanly possible? So we cut from oh. Miser preparing to summon the demon to nearer to the end of the voyage where people have started to disappear. And people are concerned that um, Piero, sorry, Pierre and Italo have vanished and they just found their clothes. <gasps> Pierre and Italo? And then some guy who always has one eye closed, like sticks his head up onto the deck and a cloaked figure crawls towards him like Sadako from the ring mm-hmm. and uh, eats him. Devours. Yep. Ooh. Sucks him up like a, a straw to a, a warm butter blob. Sure. Yeah. And then we're back doing the ritual, and Miser's like, "Look, I don't know if this is right, but a guy at university who's immortal told me how to do it, so we're gonna do it." Now, what I love about this is he's like, "Yeah, yeah, a guy who's already immortal told me how to do it." Yeah. So like at the end of this episode, they they agree not to tell anyone, and I'm wondering why the immortal guy told them how to. Do this in the first place. Well, we don't know him. We don't know what his motivations and interests are. Mm. What if I would imagine if I was were the only immortal I knew of, eventually I'd probably get pretty bored and lonely. And then be like, you go be an immortal now. Yeah. Come on. Join my special club. Come on, Potter. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. So everyone is watching. We got Sylvie. We got Greto. We got Zilla. We got Cheslaw. We got Miser, who's doing the ritual. Huey. We got, uh, not Shane, but soon Shane. And a whole bunch of extras. And a whole bunch of people get freaked out when, uh, the devil's voice responds. Because, like, they didn't expect anything to happen and they run out. And Sylvie comes in and is like, ooh, what's going on over there? And the devil's all like, well, well, well. I am going to perform the summoning of a demon now, says Miser. Anyway, he talks a lot about like how like it's worth the sacrifice because knowledge and yep, even if it goes nowhere, we did it. Exactly. You are the earth and the heavens, day and night, light and dark, good and evil. Ooh. He who watches and he who is watched, he who creates and destroys, he who loves and hates people. Anyway, the guy interrupts. The disembodied voice of uh, a natural being is like, "Yeah, I can always hear you, so you don't need to do like this ritual bullshit." I know your thoughts. I know what you're thinking. Before you even say my name, I'm already there, yo. So I calm like, it down. I like how this thing never has a physical appearance, and mm. when it is more more physicalized later in the episode, it's just like a flickering shadow on the wall. Mm. It's like literally the perfect embodiment of you can never know how powerful I am because I don't exist. There are some things man is not capable of knowing. Yeah. Yep. Like the devil. <laughs> Anyway, I don't really think you should call me the devil. It's not really what I'm about. Look, call me... Maybe. Demon. Anyway, I know what you're thinking. No, <laughs> call what, me... I know especially what you're thinking about the things that you never say. Uh, I'm up in your brain, miser. Uh, and he's like, why are you talking to me? I know you want to be a mortal miser. 
and I shall teach you, but only you. Anyway, look down in your hands. Boom, big pot of elixir. This big pot of elixir is the grand panacea. Delicious. If you drink that, eternal youth and invulnerability. Oh. Cezillard is like, I shall drink first because this this folder roll is ridiculous and I want to dispel this farce. He um he takes a like mug uh, or something. Yeah. Takes a drink from the big goblet of liquid. Oh, I don't. F- the big punch bowl. The big punch bowl. Takes a sip. He's like, I don't feel any different. And then the devil is like, Well, you're not going <laughs> to believe me, are you? Let me show you something awesome. And then like, there's a. And Zillard's head is cut off. And everyone's like, oh my god, oh his my head was god. cut off by mysterious origins. Everyone is traumatised because a man in front of them just died. Or did he? Um, everyone watches as the blood begins soaking back into his body. His head begins reforming and they behind all- a very coincidentally placed figure in front of the yep. camera. Yep. So that we don't see the process in full. And they all rush forward and grab mugs of, of elixir. And they're all like, I want to be immortal. Um, and the devil's all You like, get immortality. You get immortality. There's no need to rush. There's plenty. I am generous. <laughs> <laughs> More than enough elixir for all of you. We see Cheslaw and his guardian drinking. We see... We see Greto and Sylvie together. And Greto's like, gulpy, gulpy. Well, yeah, he's, he looks uncertain. And then Miser, his brother, is like, Brother, join me. So he does it. All right. We don't see Sylvie drink crucially, but we assume Ooh. she does. Of course. Why wouldn't she? Why wouldn't she? Who would not want to be a mortal? Wait, did she just drink that? She raises it to her lips. <sighs> That's not drinking. Sylvie. Sylvie. Let me set a few rules for you. Do you want to play a game? Uh, sure thing, devil. Don't call me that. So the way that immortality works per this devil's bargain. Yeah. You, you don't age. You don't get killed by wounds. If you want to die... Find one of your other immortal fi- uh, friends, friends. Yep. friends with like six quotation marks around it, <laughs> get them to place their right hand on your forehead uh-huh. and then like will themselves to consume you, as we've seen Zillard do several times by now. Ah. And then they absorb you, your experiences and your memories and you get to die. Nice. Um, question. Yes. If you're the last immortal, who kills you? Then you make some more immortals and you get them to kill you. Oh, no. Maybe that's why Miser's university friend is gave him the, the ritual details. He was like, finally, you can kill me. Yeah. Oh, man. Brutal. Uh, and we see Zillard looking at his right hand very... Um, Ominously. Yeah, like, oh, man, he's a bad guy. I contain power. Well, I mean, we already knew he was a bad guy. Quick cut to the unknown figure consuming that guy from earlier. (laughs) Similarly, if you want to share knowledge with someone, as we saw him do with Ennis, Mm -hmm. place your hand upon their head and share the knowledge. It's got to be the right hand, though, not the left one. And this is intercut with Sylvie creeping around below decks in the future. And then someone is sneaking up on her. Oh, (gasps) she looks frightened. And then we cut away. Yeah, and he's still talking. One more rule. No fake names for immortals. What? Why not? So that your fellow immortals can find you. Oh, fine. All right. But I want to have a cool fake name. No fake names. Oh, come on. Cheslaw. (laughs) Cheslaw this whole time has been going by Stuart. Yeah. It's a real setback for him. Um, And if you want to know how to make more, well, Miser knows. Miser knows? Miser knows the rest of the story. And Miser's there like, I do know. 
It's the next day or a number of days later and everyone is gathered in the mess hall. Zillal is like, we should make more elixir. And Miser is like, I don't think we'll ever make more elixir. Some knowledge is just too powerful. We have immortality. We get to be special. No one else. Zillal's like, are you fucking crazy? We got to share this knowledge with the world. I think what this comes down to is perhaps Miser had assumed or hoped that upon attaining immortality, they would ascend to some higher level of intellect or spiritual purity too okay. but they still have human vices human human impulses and he's like oh man powerful dangerous mm. i mean i just thought it's a bit like bloodborne in that way <laughs> by merely seeking higher power without seeking higher levels of thought or insight you are doomed to descend to the level of a beast uh, i get it I, I don't though because yeah <laughs> But is this, is this basic argument that we're immortal, but we don't deserve to be immortal? No, yet. it's just like making this widespread, you know, whole lot, whole lot of assholes out there. It's not going to make them into better people just by the it's virtue true. of being immortal. It's true. And then they can devour us. There's even one asshole already on this ship, at least. <gasps> Zillard. Looks over at Cheslaw. <laughs> one asshole. I'm just not as optimistic about people as you are, Zillard. And Zillard's all like, well, I'm not that optimistic, but fuck you, I want to spread this. And Cheery Man is like, I kind of agree with Miser. What? Kind of. Are you insane? You can't agree with him. And Cheslaw is like, I am also here. Yeah, this is the bit where Cheslaw got up and was like, oh, I also agree with Miser. Yeah. And everyone... Acknowledges it. Basically, he's like, yeah, Mice has got a pretty good point, yeah. Mm -hmm. Except for one man. Huey Laferay. Huey. Huey, you bastard. You he hasn't done anything bitch. in the show yet. All he's done is been arrested. <laughs> but we know from context clues of Metal Gear Solid Five that Huey. Huey. That son of a bitch. That is his real name. Yeah, he's basically like, I don't want to make a vote now. I got time. I got nothing but time. I'm immortal. <laughs> Wow! Ask me again in a hundred years or so. And then everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. He sure has got us there. Wow, what a guy. That Huey, he's alright. And we're like, that Huey. It doesn't really change the fact that everyone else voted with Miser though. Yeah. So everyone's like, then it's settled then. No one gets immortality but us. For now. For now. It's the year 17... <laughs> it's still the same year. It's like the still the day before. Um, no, quick cut again to Sylvie creeping below the decks and... <gasps> it's the present the, the hooded figure slams her head against the wall with his right hand on her forehead. <gasps> she looks very scared. As you would be. Cut to a different period of time on the same ship. On the same day. Miser is in his cabin with his brother Gredo and it's like, Man, I really regret making us all immortal. This is scary. I don't like that I've been entrusted with the knowledge of how to make the Grand Panacea. Brother, I think I need to kill Zilla. <laughs> and his brother's all like... Uh, no way, dude. Are you sure, bro? Yeah. You're, he sucks. You're good. If you're the first person to eat someone, then like... He wins. Yeah, he wins. You, if you kill him, he wins. We've both seen seven, okay? We know how this goes. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do, brother. 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 I'm going to give you half of the recipe in your brain. Uh-huh. Then, if you ever meet someone who you think truly deserves to be immortal, mm -hmm. I'll give you the other half. Don't know why I couldn't just strike the same bargain and give you the whole of it later, but... You know, it's all about half-halves, you know? If you got half now, you'll get half later. Does he give-give him the half? 
Like, do they have half each now? Or does Miser have the whole of See, it? See, this is what I was confused about. Because if it's giving him half, it makes sense because he's no longer entrusted with the full formula. Yeah. But if it's... I don't think it was articulated very well, but I think that's what's going on. But then Ennis got the memories from Zillard. And Zillard, I assume, still remembers stuff. So... Maybe. I mean, he doesn't really need that info anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I assume it's memory sharing so they both remember everything. But he's just saying you get half of the memories because I don't trust you enough right now. Maybe No, he definitely trusts his brother. He says his brother is the only person he trusts. That is true. That he sincerely trusts. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, if I'm dead by then, surely you can use your brilliant mind to figure out the other half. Oh, maybe that's why. But who is who is listening through the keyhole? Zillard. It, it's definitely Zillard. Yeah. He's an antagonist. <laughs> Miser sneaks into Zillard's cabin to eat him. No, stop it, Miser, says Cheery Man. It's not right. Zillard will eventually kill us all, but you cannot kill him first. Uh, it's against the law. You know, I guess you're right. I guess... I'm really glad Elma. that... Elma is Cheery Man's Elma. name. He's... We all love Elma. Uh, and Miser's all like, you know, Elma, I'm really glad that you stopped me. I'm really... But let hey. me list, lift these covers and look at sleeping Zillard so that I may gaze upon him reposing like an angel and reflect on the fact that even a devil like him is no more than a man. Woomph. Oh my god, he's Ferris Bueller us. The pillows make up his dead form he's in the body. He's not in his bed at all. In fact, he is away. And then we cut to, like, we cut between um, Zillard uh, with Sylvie, hand on forehead, as we've seen him sneaking up on her. Mm -hmm. uh, And he's, like, being a creeper on her. And he's all like, I really thought that my lust would go away. I've got quite an appetite for you, young miss. In in my bad subs, he straight up just says, I should have lost my sexual desire a long time ago, Mm. but there's a voice within me that longs for you. The dub was a bit more euphemistic. Was the dub like, you know, you got some good clackers on those bazungas? No. Oh. Well, he should Why would it be like that? Because it's 1711. That's the lingo of the time. Uh, and she's like, was it you who did it? And what did what, we might ask? And we cut to him with Gretto tied up. Mm-hmm. And he beats, he tries, he eats Gretto. Gets, Sucks him up. Gets half that sweet elixir knowledge and also kills Mize's brother. Oh! <gasps> And then he's like, and now I'm going to eat you too. Uh, but he can't because she never drank the elixir. And he's all like, what? You never drank the elixir? Oh my God. You, why though? Why wouldn't you drink the elixir? <laughs> uh, and then some guy who we've never seen before cuts off his arm. Oh, we've seen him, but he has no other lines other than this one part, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, and then obviously Zillard's... Um, returns to him. Yep, he flees upstairs. Meanwhile, Miser and Elma are like, we've got to go find him. And then they come find him. Uh, they're all on the deck. Niall. Niall is the what? other guy. Niall? Niall. Niall, you bastard. Niall, this elixir is brilliant. It's both, both fruity and precocious. Yes, well, that's what you get when you bring it from the finest boat in all the Amazon. No, you don't say, brother. Oh, I do say. Uh, I really like anything <laughs> that makes fun of Fraser. See, I enjoy Frasier a lot. Yeah, Frasier's a good sitcom, but, but it's also eminently mockable. Oh, yeah. But 30, I think that's the beauty of... 30 Rock Black Frasier sketch, uh, mm-hmm. that vi- animated video I watched that's Niles and Frasier as devil lords. Yep, yep. Uh, the tweet thread I read that is um, the Frasier and Hannibal crossover. The Frasier and Hannibal crossover? Yeah. So, like, the idea is that uh, Hannibal, as portrayed by Mads Mikkelsen in the TV series Hannibal, yeah. is, uh, like, 
Frejak is really annoyed at him because he's like showing him up at like the snooty rich parties and things like that. Okay. But more importantly, he Hannibal is entering into a twisted game of mental torture with ex-cop Martin Crane. Ah, <laughs> I like that. It's good. That's good shit. Niall, you bastard. Can't believe you cut off my arm like this. I'm pretty damn angry right now, he says. You know, either of them could have said that and it would be about the right quality. Yeah. Zillard flees upstairs uh, and then Miser and Elmer come in and he's like, Sylvia, are you okay? Yep. It, that seems fine. Elmer, Elmer stoops been... down and is like, be happy, Sylvie. I know it's kind of hard right now given that you were almost about to be sexually assaulted in more than one way and then devoured by an immortal being who lusted after you and, the, and your lover. And forbidden knowledge. So much forbidden, forbidden knowledge. knowledge. And forbidden flesh. <gasps> forbidden flesh. Forbidden knowledge or um, hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. <laughs> the hidden wisdom of the elixir. <gasps> the elixir. The elixir. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go see if I can bring Zillard around. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Off you go then. Yep. He goes upstairs. Everyone confronts him on the prowl. Give up, Zilla. We've got you cornered. There's nowhere you can escape. So he's all like, well, I guess I die here? But then crucially, Elmer is walking on his hands on a nearby like hunk of equipment. And he's like, hey, Zilla, check it out. We can all be friends. And then he falls off the boat. Yes. Whoops. And then Zillard lunges at Miser. And uh, Miser... Dodges. Dodges and attacks him in some way. And Niall cuts him in half. And then Sillard falls off the boat. Yep. Uh, And with Elmer, who just fell off the boat, he's sinking down into the depths and the devil's voice is like, you sure are an interesting weirdo. I'm going to give you a wish. Man, it's really, like, noble of you to try and distract Zillard like that. Yeah, you're just like an Arabian genie, he says as he uh, bootstrap bills himself down into the depths. Right? I guess, yes. Pirates of the Caribbean. They're all immortal and they strap Bootstrap Bill to cannons and chuck him under over the... Is Bootstrap Bill the skeleton or Bootstrap Bill the one who talks liquid? What? <laughs> you know, there's a character who, like, talks black liquid from his mouth. It's Will Turner's father. He was That's part... Will Turner's father? Bootstrap Bill. Oh, okay. Well, which one's Bootstrap Bill? He's part of the crew of the Black Pearl, so he becomes immortal. Uh-huh. But he's like, we shouldn't have done that to Jack Sparrow. So they're like, all right, we're going to throw you down underwater forever because you're immortal. And then he comes back as part of the crew of the Flying Dutchman in two and three. Uh, He's got a starfish on his face or something. He's got a starfish. Puts the black spot on Jack Sparrow. Black spot on Jack Sparrow. Uh, What's his name? Bootstrap Billy. Bill. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Jeffrey Rush, of course, accused of uh, sexually harassing um, Erin Jean Norville in a, uh, I want to say, Sydney Theatre Company production. Mm. Of course, he sued her for defamation successfully. Uh, but that doesn't, of course, absolve him of those accusations. And Johnny Depp, of course, embroiled in a bitter uh, divorce hearing with a former partner. Oh, what's her fucking name? Um, uh, what's her face? The one who's like, no, I didn't assault him at all. And then Johnny Depp showed up with black eyes and all like... Well, crucially, um, of course, they're both mutually accusing each other of domestic abuse. And I'm pretty happy to just wash my hands of both of them, to be honest. (laughs) Mm. Anyway. Anyway, that's why I don't really watch those movies anymore. (laughs) See, I don't watch... Orlando Bloom's still pretty cool from all accounts. Yeah, but Orlando... He punched Justin Bieber that time. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that it's like, oh, you know, violence, you shouldn't resort to it. But Orlando Bloom punched Justin Bieber. That's pretty good. <laughs> no, that's, that's probably not a good thing, but it was a funny story. <laughs> pretty much everyone from Lord of the Rings. Fine. Oh, man. Elijah Wood. What a goal. What a good guy. Of course, uh, the biggest black mark on the cast of Lord of the Rings mm. is um, when Dominic Monaghan, who played Mario Doc Brandybuck, uh, basically took all of Rose's lines in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker on account of winning a football bet with J.J. Abrams. What? Huh? That was a bad movie. What, which one? Rise of Skywalker. Oh. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Uh, Would you believe I still haven't seen it? I wouldn't rush out. <laughs> yeah. And that's coming from me. That's coming from Mr. you. Mr. Star Wars. The guy who liked Last Jedi. Because <laughs> it's really, really good. It's not. It's just a really good movie. It's bad, though. It's got so many good bits. No. Yeah, it has good bits. And they all come together into no. one good movie. No, they don't. Anyway. Oh, man, remember all the good bits. No, because it wasn't that the good of a where movie. The rich people ruin everything. The bit where she falls into the mirror world. I'm shaking my head. The bit where they ride the space horses. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking The fight bad. in the throne room. Ugh. Genuinely good fight, Corey, though. The yeah, bit okay, where it all no. goes slow-mo. That's good. No, that bit doesn't have good fight, That fucking rules. No, because in the movie, you're like, oh my god, it's cool. But then when you actually watch it, you're like, none of these people are trying to hit each other. Totally. No, they're not. Because they do hit each other. No, they're not. No, when they actually go to block, they are. But when they're just like, oh... We want you to dodge. They're not even trying... They're literally like this. I'm being very close to my body rather than this, which is quite far away from your body where you actually hit the other actor. Right. Anyway, good movie. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we're still on the boat, but Zillard's in but the But I sea. think its biggest flaw is that, of course, it was aggressively undercut repeatedly and deliberately in, the, in its, in its follow-up film. Oh. Like, there's so many bits where it's like, hey, remember that thing from the last movie? We don't want to do that anymore. Turns to camera, stares at camera for five seconds... Please forgive us. Like, just really, like, quite insulting, really. Yeah. Anyway. To, to both the people that liked the last film and didn't like the last film, I imagine, just to be like, hey, please. Give like, us yeah, a like, opinions of the movie aside, like, I feel it feels quite creatively bankrupt to, like, mm. do such, like, deliberate walking back of yeah. what is meant to be a cohesive trilogy. Yeah, no. It's like they didn't plan it mm. out. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Like, they didn't have George Lucas. With his insanity to be like, no, 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 no. Should have no, gotten this. Pablo Hidalgo to plot it all out. <laughs> Which was Pablo Hidalgo? He's the guy who's been running uh, the Clone Wars, Rebels, and ah. uh, consulting on Mandalorian. Yes. Should have. Although by that point, it would have been three films of setup. No, <laughs> it'd be three films of like, oh, this is surprisingly focused on Clone Wars original character Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Who is a good character. Yeah. Anyway, um. So anyway, Zilla's off no. the boat. <laughs> yep, Zilla's off the boat. Uh, We're all immortal. And Ember or whatever. Smile, his name Sylvie, is. smile. He's back on the boat being like, how'd I get here? He's got a thing for Sylvie, right? That's the subtext of this. Uh no. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I thought that's what I was reading into it. I thought Sylvie was just a broken human being. Oh, she's sad. Anyway, so we got sad. some elixir left. And then Huey is up on the um up in the crow's nest being like, that sure was interesting, don't you think, Satan? And the devil was like, Yep. Hey, why are you talking to me? Oh, switch that around. Yeah, Huey is like, hey, why are you talking to me, devil? Ah, you seem like you suck. And the devil's all like, well, I think this is just going to be a nice, fun ride. We're both just looking down on things from above. You're like me. The devil. Yeah. And Huey's like, you know, I guess I am. 
I guess I am. I guess I was in this episode. <laughs> yeah, like music kicks in as we see like a quick montage of some things that happened back in the present, of course, being around 1930, oh. uh, buying the hats, uh, Cheslaw and, uh, and Senator's wife's daughter hiding beneath the train cart. A guy we don't know. No, that's... Um, Is that Niall? That's Niall. Oh, he looks like he's maybe some sort of chemist or something now. Yeah, he's working on the Grand Panacea, maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. Um, someone... Is that I think Sylvie? Sylvie, maybe? I think Does it she, might be Sylvie. She maybe took some of that remaining elixir and she's become a jazz singer. A cabaret artiste. Certainly we haven't seen anyone else who looks like that in this show. No, certainly not Maria. And then... Certainly not Maria. Elma and Miser in the present. Man, those runaradas are giving us trouble. But you guys shouldn't get involved until we need to. And Elma does not look as happy anymore. No. Downcast. Sad. A sad Elma. It's something about Sillard that night. Yeah, feels like he's lurking in the wings. He's somewhere around us right now. Don't you feel it? Miser. Yeah. And then Miser's already gone from the room, mm-hmm. so... No closure on that one. <laughs> nope. Next episode... Season 1, Episode 8 Isaac and Maria spread happiness without realising it Isaac and Maria spread happiness around them In 1930, they meet and comfort Eve and later Annis And in 1932, they meet and comfort Jacuzzi And that's kind of what this episode is It's just a whole bunch of Isaac and Maria sketches, right? (laughs) With some occasional jacuzzi being a big hero. So, okay, we open on a police station. Yes, it's the FBI. The FBI gathering to talk about uh, To talk with special investigators Bill Sullivan and Donald Brown, briefing the local police on some serial robbers. Um, And they're all like, so... We've got some photos of the robbers. We're going to show them to you so you know who they are. They've committed robberies in several states, making this a federal crime, therefore under the jurisdiction of us, the FBI. All right, so here we go. Here are the photos. Ka-chink on a big old school um, projector. And like this one cop who is like our main representative of the local police, he's just so grizzled. He's smoking in the briefing. No, no, oh, no. These aren't the local. They nailed police. his character design. Yeah, this is the FBI man. Oh, I thought that the two presenters were FBI presenting to the locals. Oh, maybe. Unclear. Maybe. I don't know. But they're all gathered around this projector. They show off some stuff. And the first photo we get is Isaac and Maria dressed as mummies with the door that they stole in a previous episode. The door. <laughs> the is, museum door. Yeah, the museum door is enormous. They are dressed as mummies. They've got so bandages over the if door. If you recall previously, when Isaac and Maria were dancing in the street uh, and reminiscing about their previous crimes, mm-hmm. they talked about stealing the museum door. Yep. They talked about stealing an inheritance from a wealthy family, mm-hmm. which we see in detail this episode. Yes. Uh, and some other bullshit. <laughs> um, and everyone in the room is kind of a little bit shocked. Yep. There's them posing with a bunch of uh, just randos dressed in like Charlie Chaplin outfits. Uh, and they're giving the thumbs up to the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they... They're Zorro. They're in Zorro costumes. Their eyes are masked out. Hey, what the fuck? Why do we have all these photos of the... Of the fucking Jokers, huh? Why Why are they joking around? Why do we have photos of this twisted pair? Why have we got this, photos of this sick couple, This huh? Joker and this Harley Quinn. <laughs> well, okay, look. We know that it looks a bit ridiculous. Of course, I'm from Fuss. New York, and this is how I emphasize things. So when I say Harlequin, it sounds like Harley Quinn. <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm Harley Quinn here. You leave Harley Quinn out of it. 
Oh, every time it gets you. Every single time. That's why time. I keep watching that sketch. It really tickles me. Is it because we live in Australia and it's about Australian soap operas and it's on fucking it's point? It's on point. If, if no one knows what we're talking about, I know we've discussed it several times in the past on this podcast, but it's a Fry and Laurie sketch. And they're just sort of like... Ever since Darlene's like yoga studio closed and we had to refinance it with help from Michael's uh, plumbing repair shop. See, the, the joke is that in Britain... Everyone in everyone in, loves neighbors. Well, the thing is, all of the time in Britain, it's raining, it's sad, it's boring, and it's dull. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, I'm stuck in this part of the world. I'm stuck in this class. I'm stuck working in the mines and whatever." And stuck in this watch... class, of course, being the working class. Yes. Yeah. And then they go home and they watch Neighbors, and it's like this picturesque, just Sunny. down the road in a little cul-de-sac lives. Toadfish everyone. is there. Um, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I've just bought the bar down the street. Where just... Sure, is better than Melrose Place. Oh, you know or, what? Um, what's the What's the other one that's big in Britain? Coronation Street. Yeah, Coronation Street. Um, or Coronation Place? Coronation Street. Um, and Same basic know, show. And basically, everything in Neighbours is, like, beautiful. All the people are, like, so happy. All the t- Or they're so depressed over the most minute thing that any Britain person would be like, fuck off. Yep. All right, just deal with it. Anyway, they make five episodes of it. But it's not, like, 50 weeks a year. So. Yeah. And it's, um, it's an, import, an important launching ground for Australian actors, along with its rival uh, soap opera, Home and Away. I'm pretty sure I know two people who have worked for Home and Away. Mm-hmm. One of them was an actress. Mm-hmm. One of them was a camera lady. Ah, yes. Um, and then I think I know another person who worked on Neighbours. So one could say they're a good bunch. I remember reading a... Um... Oh, and I've seen numerous actors from the shows. Like the Hemsworths. Wait, the Hemsworths started on Home and Away! You're right. Crucially, I remember reading a um, an article about, like, toxic masculinity in the neighbours writing and editing room. Mm. Like, why do these guys have to cry all the time? What's wrong with just a good old-fashioned wall punch? <laughs> <laughs> Such bullshit from old guard TV gatekeepers. Amazing. Um, so anyway, anyway. There's, there's all these photos of Isaac and Maria because they wear their kooky costumes and people just assume they're actors. And it's like, why are we seeing all these photos? Up until now, their crimes have been too petty for us to give a shit. But just recently, they stole a massive quantity of they money. They stole a massive door. Let's just say... No, they robbed uh, the Genoard family. Let's just say they stole a museum door. Oh my god. Uh, yes, yeah, so they, they stole... stole a bunch of clocks. <gasps> clocks, you say? Yes. The clock is ticking, gentlemen. <laughs> and the clocks that were stolen, much like the time stolen from this investigation, with each passing second you ask questions. The clock is ticking until the clocks tick down and become no longer able to tick. And that, gentlemen, is what I call an alarm. Which that, I am. That, gentleman in screenwriting, is what we call a ticking clock. Wait, what's a ticking clock in screenwriting? It's like a... You know, like a deadline. It, oh, like a 24, where the clock is ticking down. I mean, that's like episode. the most literal, yes. Yeah. Or like a Hawaii 5.0, where they've got a certain amount of time to find the body before the killer gets away on his visa. Yeah, a ticking clock. Or uh, or uh, uh, Cheslaw uh, on the train has to get rid of this young girl who's in the closet who'll die of... Uh... Crucially, Cheslaw does not have a ticking clock because as an immortal, he is stuck in a period of stasis as a, like... Ten-year-old child. Yeah, but the girl. Yeah, but he doesn't give a shit. Oh, okay. He's like a mind. sociopath by this point. Oh, fair enough then. <laughs> so anyway, all the... the FBI agents are like, "So we gotta go find them." Yep, and then we never return to them this episode. Cool. The train. 
Isaac and Maria are very worried all of a sudden. Oh no, I've just realised Maria. I feel like if we try and recount all of their bits this episode, like, we're going to be here for two hours. So basically, they suddenly become very shocked and worried that they forgot to buy Ennis a gift. And they're just like, oh no! Not Ennis! Not Ennis! Ennis, what should we do? It's the most distressed we've seen them all show. Yep. And um, I feel like just standing around literally screaming. I think the resolution to this is, what are we going to do? Well, we need to find something. No, no, we just cut away. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> they scream, they fall over, and then we're back with Nick and Donnie and Nice and Jacuzzi. Nice. I heard it from the dub this episode. Yeah. Oh my God. There's something on the front of the train. The top of the train. What could it be? Let's have a look out the window. One, two, look. Yeah. Oh, look, it's gone. It's gone. But they saw a flash of movement. Oh my god, Jacuzzi is being so brave. Okay, let's let's all hop up on the top of the train. Donnie, oh. you walk through the train regular style, we'll all get up on the top. <laughs> so, for some reason. Even though you have the most discomfort walking through the actual carriages. Probably harder for him to be up top. More wind resistant. Yeah. Yeah, true. Watch out for the guys in black suits. Anyway, let's crawl atop the train and Nice and uh, Nick are like, wow, Jacuzzi's so fired up right now. We're both very attracted to him. (laughs) And they mentioned something about, I haven't seen him this fired up since he... Since eight of our friends were killed by the Russo family. Ah, that's right. Though he was crying, he really was something. And like, he's crying right now as he's crawling along the the top of the train. And he's like, I'm going to move through the tears. I'm going to kill the rail tracer. 1932. 1932. Next year. Eve Genoard has been kidnapped by the Runarada family. <gasps> the Runaradas. Uh, and the I'm, man with the 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 candy. Who, yeah, long, who, long square face man who doesn't give a shit. Who's just like, I'm still sitting here not giving a shit, is eating his candy. Yep. Uh, and Gustavo comes in eating an apple and he's like, sorry, I'm just the fucking worst. We kidnapped you. Well, I can see that. That's my best Eve Genoa. That's basically how the conversation goes. Um, and she starts praying and he's all like, don't pray to God, that's dumb. You, she's like, what? You were the ones who killed my father and brother Jeffrey? Well, I cannot say for sure, little lady. But we definitely killed them. We absolutely did, but I never said that. A plausible deniability. And she's all like, I'm going to pray that God kills you. Well, guess what? I'm still alive. For now. Oh, shit. What? Spoilers. Anyway, I'm leaving the room now. (laughs) I'm still alive, but in what life am I alive? She prays and we cut to 1930. She's just, she's a two years younger girl now. She's a two years young. She's looking at an old photo of herself and her older brother Dallas. It's nighttime in their palatial Genoard mansion. And she's sad. And we hear the voices of Isaac and Maria nearby being like, wow, she looks sad. She looks so sad. She's looking at a photo. A photo? Maybe it's of a lover. <gasps> a friend. A lover. A, a distant lover. A lost lover. A lost lover. So sad. So sad. Maybe he had to go away. Or maybe he died. Oh my God, so sad. So sad. So she goes outside and they're dressed as Native Americans. Um, and... Isaac and Maria have been cancelled. So they're just there being like... They're just pouring sand on the balcony. Maybe it was some kind of violent death. She finds them and they're like, how did you find us? I I heard you. And they do this thing where... She'll say something to them and then they'll hold their pose but turn around 180 degrees and have a quick sidebar. We're like, okay, hang on, hang on. What do we do with her? She's so strong. She does look pretty strong. We're robbers. Yeah, we're brutal thugs. She's laughing at us. Why is she laughing at us? She was crying. Now she's laughing. What do we do? Hmm. How do we fix this? Tell us your story. 
We're good listeners. And she's all like, oh, you're just funny. Yep. More on that later. Or should we just do that whole thing now? No, more on that later. Okay. Niece and Jacuzzi and Nick. Oh, there are two guards in there, both with Tommy guns. Oh my God. And also, none of the friends we met in the dining car are there anymore. <gasps> niece has done some pro scouting. Yep. Pretty good scout for a person with one eye. Ironic. She could see everything except, <laughs> except herself. Crucial, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the second eye allows you to do. Oh, I see. Look inward. Eyes on the inside. Yeah, the mind's Blood eye. <laughs> the mind's eye. Your second eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the uh, material eye and the spiritual eye. And never shall the two meet. Nisa and Nick, get back on the roof. I'm Jacuzzi, and me and Donnie are going to go in there and bust that guy up. Smooch's niece, nobody saw that coming. Wow. He's so cool. He's all like, listen, Bay, I'm going to be going to a dangerous place and this I need is you the to look episode. yourself. This is the episode where we learn, or we see for the first time, that Jacuzzi is actually secretly cool. <laughs> you say that. But I don't think he is. He is, though. Like, super smooth in this scene. No, but he says it so nervously. He's like, um, I think... I don't want you to die, so just take care of yourself. And then kisses her and then runs off being like, ah. She's into it, though. Yeah, everyone is. Yeah, even because... Nick is. And then he goes away crying. He literally <laughs> runs away crying. But he still does the right thing. Hmm. Father... Father Eddard Stark, can a man yes. be brave even when he is scared? Of course he can. That's the only time a man can be brave, son. Anyway, I'm going to go get my head chopped off now. I'm, I'm scared that my head's getting chopped off, but I'm brave. It's because I am still getting my head chopped off. Why don't you fight it, Father? Have well, you ever well, seen you, a man with well, his head chopped off? You're not actually in this scene, son. <laughs> <laughs> I you're, guess, you're back at Winterfell. I guess I'm Arya now, but I, I was just in the crowd. Why does Arya sound like a troubled teen? Uh. Isaac and Maria are still talking with Eve. Oh, my brother. He's a, he's a good person at heart, but he's been getting violent lately. Not with me, but with other people. Oh. No. Ah, <laughs> I see. He's been getting violent a with A juvenile people. delinquent. Some kind of thieving, conniving fuck. We are quite rich, she says. Ah, we ah. understand. Yes. If they weren't rich anymore... Money wouldn't cause him problems anymore. Mm, because they're rich means that people do the right thing in front of them, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Because Just they... like on The Bachelor. Yeah, they say one thing, but mean another. The Bachelor? Yeah, the right reasons. You've got to be there for the right reasons on The Bachelor. Yes. You know there's two bachelorettes now. I didn't. Yeah, they're sisters. Huh. That's fucking weird, man. Why? They don't date each other. No, they don't. But they're only looking for one man each. Yep, makes sense. Which makes perfect sense. That's how sense. the show works. Yep. But they're doing all the activities together. Are they twins? No. Okay, so they don't have like a weird twin link. No. S but... Speaking a secret twin language. No, but it's like, okay, if you wanted one each, why wouldn't you just have separate activities with two camera crews? Because that's not what draws in the ratings, Nick. Oh, it's some weird fetish shit, isn't it? No, it's some weird capitalism shit. Probably both. Fetish leads to capital. I know this because of every single video entitled Definitely Not Sister. <laughs> Maybe you should just stop being rich. That'll humble him. So they get really serious and they're like, <laughs> they stand up, excuse us for a moment, walk to the interior door of the house, excuse us for a moment more, walk out, close the door, leave her alone, buck and no title just, card. We're just gonna go rob you now. 
meanwhile, in the future... Isaac and Maria have encountered a bloody room full of blood. It's the conductor's back thing on the train. I actually really like their, their little setup here. So Isaac is like looking in the room being like, oh, this is grim. And Maria is standing back to back with him with her hands over her eyes. Lest, lest, lest the listener forget, they are dressed in Old West garb right now. <laughs> Which I suppose is a sort of mirror to their... Uh, to their Native American garb in the Eve scene. Oh, I get it. Cowboys and Indians, as it were. So Maria's all like, this is horrible. What happened here? It's a mystery. The rail tracer? Horrible. Where's Jacuzzi? Oh no, Jacuzzi might have been eaten already. <gasps> eaten? But his corpse isn't here, so he was probably swallowed whole. And then there's a neat little animation of... Uh... Yeah. He's still alive in the stomach. He's still alive. Hooray. He's still on the train. If he's still, If that horrible monster is still on the train, then he's still alive. Hooray. Yep, neat little like neat little coloured coloured pencil animation. Uh where a big snake thing eats jacuzzi whole yep. and then it slides away. Swallowed whole, hooray! Swallowed whole, hooray! Swallowed whole, oh no! Swallowed whole hooray. And then they're crying. And then it's like, why? What's what's wrong? Meanwhile, we start to intercut between this little dumb sketch oh, and yeah. jacuzzi slowly running down the carriage towards them shouting their names i can still hear him in my heart it goes on for a surprisingly long time maria isaac i can just in the back of my mind i hear him what's he saying jacuzzi and donnie behind him trip mm-hmm. uh as he's falling he grabs onto maria's dress it's very discreet but it's like implied pulling away from her and like pulling her down and she pulls isaac down mm-hmm. uh we don't, we don't see anything, fortunately, but there's that. Uh, and yep. <laughs> Donnie has Isaac like grabbed by the throat and, so, and he's hanging onto the door frame, holding everyone up. So he's slowly choking and everyone else is like, oh, I'm glad you're alive. Wow, you sure did escape out of the rail tracer's stomach, Jacuzzi. And just intercuts with everyone being supremely uncomfortable physically and emotionally. Um, and then they're all like, why don't we take this to a nearby carriage? Yeah. So they all run over to the baggage room, um, shut the door. This is just like the romance of the three kingdoms. Well, you're forgetting the most important part of the cutaway. Oh, yeah. We see on the back in the conductor's room. No, I don't think it's the conductor's room. I think it is the luggage room where the rail tracer killed those three mooks who were on the radio. No, no, no. It's definitely the conductor's room because it's the back of the train. Exactly. Yeah. The conductor's room is at the front of the train. So they can... can, can, can... No, no, no. But the conductors are in the back of the train. In the conductor's room, right? In... What the fuck yeah, are you talking you, you about? Know, in the, when the dudes die... Yeah. Right? They're in the conductor's room at the back of the train talking to one another and then they're talking about the rail tracer. That's at the front of the train, Nick. That's the front of the train? Yeah, because they're driving the train. I thought they were at the back of the train. No, the guys at the back of the train were the three black-suited goons in the luggage room. I... I thought there was the three conductors and one of them left. There are two conductors on the train, Nick. No, there are three. There's the old one. The The old one never got on the train. He never got on the train? Remember, he was walking down then a goon grabbed him and we saw his body floating in the river later. I swear it was the back of the train. No. Oh my God. In the back of the train were three, um, Lemur goons. I thought they were in a different carriage. No. Oh no. Young conductor and middle-aged conductor were at the front of the train, driving the train. I swear that's not what happened. That is what happened. Anyway, they're in that room. Why would you conduct the train from the back? They're having a break. No, Nick. Yes. No. They're sitting on the back of the train. Just profoundly no. Yes. 
Because they're sitting at the back and they're having a break and they're all like, well, train's going on its own. That's fine. <laughs> no. And then they're, no. All, they're talking about the rail tracer and then they die in the back of the train, which is where Jacuzzi is. You're that's fucking why. with me, right? No, because then Jacuzzi comes in from the back of that carriage into that room and he's all like, whoa, where's it going? And they all look out in the direction the train is going this way with them. So that means they've come from the back of the train. <laughs> no, they haven't. The front of the train is being driven by no one. Well, it is because the conductors both died. Yeah, because they're having a break because they're in the back of the train. No. In the conductor's room. Profoundly wrong. Ugh. Anyway, so they're in the back of the train or whatever. We saw when the three um, goons on the radio mm-hmm. got killed at the back of the train. The- no, that was in the middle. Shh, let me finish. <laughs> okay. The feet of the rail tracer standing on that platform that's on the back carriage of trains step into the train. The feet that's the back yeah. carriage of trains. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. The feet, the feet on, the, of the rail tracer. The feet of the rail tracer on stepping the balcony. into the train from the balcony. No, that was the side of the train. No, it wasn't. Yes. No. Absolutely, it was because um, woman in work clothes was uh-huh. hanging on the side of that carriage, and we saw it from there. No, she was on the underside of the carriage. No, she was on the side at that point because rail tracer leaned down and said to her something we don't know. And she freaked out and yeah, scurried on the back. the underside, and then she does this. She, this is me doing the gesture. She's doing like a spider motion. Yeah, she spiders away. <laughs> okay, Nick, Nick, I just need to lay it out for you or it's going to drive me insane. Okay. The conductors were at the front of the train conducting the train. That's how trains work. No, because the conductor's at the back of the train, which is where Jacuzzi found them when he ran to the back of the train. No. Yes. This is so trivial, but you're just so wrong. This is how you're it is. You're fucking with me, aren't no, you? No, this is what happens. You've got to be fucking with it. No. I'm telling you, this is the conductor is at the back of the train talking about the rail tracer, right? And we know this because they're looking at the back of the train seeing everything fly past. No, they're not. They are. I'll bet you someone online will be like, no, you're wrong. They were at the back of the train. At Milk Juice. Tell him he's wrong. Tell him I'm so correct. Tell him JoJo's world sends you and that he's wrong about trains. Oh no, JoJo's world is sending their army. (laughs) JoJo's world is sending in the simps. Here we go. So now they're in the back of the train... Ugh, yes. Quick as Nick. They were at the conductor's end of the train before. Yeah. And then they went back over the dining cart. What? In this episode, we watched Jacuzzi and Nice crawl back over the dining cart. Yes. Yeah. Now they're at the back of the train. They were at the middle of the train last step, and they went more over the middle. But they went front. Jacuzzi went front to find the conductors. But Jacuzzi already found the conductors. Exactly, and he was still at that end of the train. So then why did he have to cross on the top of the train? Because of all the men with Tommy guns. I'm so confused. Liam, I'm so confused. What a noisy ruckus. What a noisy ruckus. Maybe there was an easier way to tell this story. So fucking angry about how you don't know how trains work. They're at the back of the... Anyway. The train is just like the romance of the three kingdoms. (laughs) We had... Well, what... Okay, what's the romance of the three kingdoms? Oh, it's a famous bit of historical fiction in Chinese history. It had three M... Three three great warriors. Three great warriors. Three samurai. <laughs> three samurai, according three, to our subtitles. Three Japanese samurai in ancient <laughs> China. Sao Sao, Ryubi, and Hokusai. Uh-huh. I don't think Hokusai is right. Because Hokusai is a is the Japanese artist who did the wave. I mean, that was probably why, I think the joke right? is they're getting it wrong. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. They're often compared to a snake, a, fl- a slug, and a frog. Which I don't think is correct at all. <laughs> so, Jacuzzi, you need to turn into dub says Billy the Kid, sub say Yoshitsune. 
of course a general of the Minamoto clan in Japan in the late Heian and early Kamakura period, completely unrelated to the romance of the Three Kingdoms. Ah, That's the joke. I get it. Maria and Isaac may not be well educated. No. So you need to be a big hero, Jacuzzi. Me? But I suck! You can do it, Jacuzzi. We, we believe, believe in you. And then Jacuzzi's like, uh, well, the thing is, I can't possibly be that good of a person because I'm just a bootlegger. I bootleg alcohol and I killed like three people that time. Yesterday. Yesterday, in fact. You killed three people and Johnny's like, no, you didn't, Jacuzzi. It was me and Nice. We killed them. Yeah. You're off the hook. You were just getting beaten up by them, Jacuzzi. You were just complicit. Yeah. Whatever. Same difference. Sorry. Whatever. Same difference. Thank you. I did note that he sounds exactly the same in the dub as he does but in the But with more of a Chicago accent. It's only slightly. Like, he still sounds like... So he lays it all out in here. This is the secret tragic backstory of Jacuzzi's plot. Okay. The Russo crime family killed eight of their friends. <gasps> so Jacuzzi got a Tommy gun and shot up eight of their Speakos. <gasps> Sorry, 18. Of their Speakos. Speakos. What's a Speako? Speakeasy. Secret bar in Prohibition era. Mm, which illegally made moonshine, whiskey, and I believe not rum, but something else. Gin? Probably gin, yeah. Isaac and Maria are like, wow, that must have taken you like a month. He's like, no, I did it all yesterday. Yesterday? And we see a shot of him uh, with a Tommy gun in hand, just shooting up a glut, like a bar and just crying the whole time. Just weeping. Jacuzzi. What a hero. What fascinates me is that if this is the reason he has a wanted poster. Yep. This has happened very quickly. Yeah, quick turnaround. Like very quick. So I think maybe the um the the rubber the rubbing spree wasn't yesterday, mm. but the first the, attempt, the first spree. attempt at reprisal was. Yeah, fair enough. And now I've just contributed to a cycle of violence that's just going to lead to more of my friends getting hurt, and then the survivors will inevitably take more revenge upon the Russo crime family, and it will just be a vicious cycle. Now, now, jacuzzi. That's not the. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, just like Metal Gear Solid 5 That's not the Runerata way <laughs> um, So then uh, So he's sad Isaac and Maria are just like Well hang on a minute Sauso and Yoshitsune killed billions of people And they're great <laughs> They're great people And that means that you Jacuzzi Need to be Hey Maria what, do, what does he need to be Hey Maria what the fuck are we talking about what, And they start doing the like hula here? dancing And saying you just need to ride the waves of life Jacuzzi uh, You just need to go with the flow We believe in you You just need one person on your side to be a great person And Hell we're yeah. on your side Yeah that's two people That's more than one Yeah do Bye <laughs> Excuse us Yeah we're gonna go kill the rail tracer and they might. <laughs> they might. Uh, back in Eve, rubbing Eve, they come out with a huge bag of stuff. Hey. Oh, how? Because they're in their Native American. Oh, yeah. they like, hey, we took all your money. Hop up on the balconies. Uh, ciao. And, they, and they're, they're out. They're out. Isaac and Maria are out. The perfect crime. And Eve Genoard is like, <laughs> I sure and she does. don't really care about this. Yep. Well, really, money doesn't isn't a real thing for wealthy people. You what? It is definitely a real thing for wealthy people. Well, then Nick, how come the president of the United States has like $4 million of debt and can still start ah. new business ventures? Well, the reason why... Debt is, is an asset for the wealthy and just a penalty for the poor. Ah, well, you see, the reason why he has that much debt is because he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> yes. And he just keeps riding on losses. That means Yeah, that poor people can't do that. Rich people can. Oh, they can do that because they can be like, I'm going to take out a loan. And then they can do that, but then they Yeah, but still... then their thumbs get broken. Yeah, That exactly. doesn't happen to rich people. No, they just not... get to make new businesses. No. I've you... been starting listening to the Trash Future podcast. Yeah. Did you know that 20% of firms in Britain are now what's called zombie firms? What are zombie firms? Uh, basically, they are just 
like the the relationship between debt and equity has been flipped. They are just yep. like sinkholes for debt now. Yes, that makes sense. That's cooked. Yeah, no, it's fucked up, but that's that's the system, baby. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but but it is. It be. It's just like, Isaac and Maria are gonna go kill the rail tracer. We'll take care of him. And if it doesn't, okay. So good puns in dub. Yes. We'll tan his hide. What if that doesn't work? We'll run and hide. <laughs> I get it. What if that doesn't work? I'll shoot him with my thousand guns. But you don't yeah, have any like, guns. So like he says that and like then quick camera cuts to like his empty holsters, his empty vest. But you don't have any guns. Well, a wise cowboy once told me that a true gunslinger's gun is in his heart. And Jacuzzi and Donnie are just like, fuck is wrong with you? No? no? They leave and Jacuzzi is like, I'm not sure those guys are working with a full deck, but they seem nice. They believe in me. So Isaac is doing the talking and as there as is their want, he's doing like big expressions, which Maria is perfectly mirroring. Mm-hmm. You've got to give credit to their curry. They know what they are about. Yes. There's a gun in everyone's heart. I'm a big hero. And like genuine like Western music is playing as he's talking about being a big hero. And they leave. They're going to go kill the rail tracer. Yep. Well, <laughs> they're even more messed up than I am. But we need to be hardcore too. We need to kill everyone. We need to kill these black-suited men and the Russos. Or at least get them off the train. Meanwhile, in the past... When Mia, Maria and Isaac are... Helping un- Ennis load Dallas and his goons' unconscious bodies into Ennis's car. Yeah. They're like, wow, this looks like a lot like the car that hit us just the other day. Mm. Well, to be honest... Nah, never mind. <laughs> Where are you taking them, Ennis? Uh, to the police station. Oh, then we should go. We don't like the police. Oh, why is that? No reason. <laughs> uh, you seem like nice people. We're doing things to atone for our sins. I can't atone for my sins. I'm a homunculus. You already have Ennis because you saved us. You're our hero. What? No, I can't atone Believe for- in yourself, Ennis. You guys are nice. Yes. Bye. Um, <laughs> I need to go now. Yep. And- she gets in her car and she cries. Uh, and they're like, bye! Waving happily in the background. It's her first friends. Aww. It's like the first day of school, except she's been alive for probably longer than they have. Maybe, maybe not. Mm. She could be very new. To be fair, I could say that about literally anyone in my year at school or above. Eve Genoard wakes up. You mean anyone who's older than you? Yes. Anyone who's older than you has probably been alive for longer than you have. Yeah. Or you get into a grey area when you consider people who are in comas for extended periods of time. Ah, but are they alive? Exactly. Ooh. Dallas is there. Dallas is with Eve Genoa. Oh, he's so nice. In the past. Oh. 1931. Hey, sorry I've been away for a while, baby. Why don't I teach you some billiards? Oddly hit on given that he's all like, Hey girl, how you doing, huh? Yeah, Let's huh. play some billiards. Yeah, I'm a smooth boy. I'm your big brother. I'm here to take care of you now. Hey, hey, hey. It's oh, fucking good What's on that you. commotion over there? Let me go check that out. Eve is praying. She's all like, Oh, my brother has returned and he's a good boy again. Hey, shut the fuck up, Eve. We were robbed. Only losers believe in God. Dallas out. And then he leaves because the only reason he was here for the inheritance that Grandpa left him. Yep. Quite ironic considering Isaac and Maria asserted that by stealing that inheritance they would bring the family together. When in fact they have really revealed it for the sham it truly was. Mm. Just like in Ryan Johnson's seminal masterpiece, Knives Out. Out. Yep, I thought you were The Last Jedi. (laughs) God damn it. Brick. There's a Ryan Johnson movie called Brick? Yep. What's it about? Uh, It's like a sort of semi-noir thing. A semi-noir It's like thing. a sort of noir parody. 
Ooh. Yeah, I'll pull up a, the, the IMDb plot summary. The film's narrative centres on a hard-boiled detective story set in a California suburb. Most of the main characters are high school students. The film draws heavily in plot, characterisation and dialogue from hard-boiled classics, especially those by Dashiell Hammett. The title refers to a block of heroin compressed roughly to the size and shape of the, a, a brick. brick. Yep, that sounds about right. Interesting. So is it dark or is it funny? You know. You know, it's Ryan Johnson, you know, he subverts all your expectations. I'm so sick of people using that phrase. So sick of that phrase. Never heard it before Game of Thrones started coming on TV. Now it's all I hear when anyone's talking about anything. Oh no, it's been around for a while. Like... Yeah, Game of Thrones has been out for 10 years, Nick. Oh no, no, no. I mean like, since like the 90s, people have been like, oh, it subverts your expectations by doing this. Except back then... Yeah, but I feel like it's only really caught on in recent years. Yeah, as something people apply to everything, everything that does anything interesting with storytelling. Yes. Even if you're expecting it. Even like... Ugh. But The Last Jedi subverted your expectations. No, it didn't. It just did different things. Uh, but it really subverted what it was going for. You know, you didn't think that Skywalker was really there, did you? Subverted expectations. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, our podcast really subverts your expectations that a podcast would be good. <laughs> the most accurate <laughs> statement. <laughs> www.patreon.com slash jojo's world eve is crying but in the present in the future where she is not crying <laughs> 1932 she, or some shit. she has been kidnapped but all of her guards have fallen asleep so she's like okay i'll leave she leaves she goes out into the corridor she sneaks away long square face eat candy mafia man pokes his head out afterwards and is like wordlessly like i don't get paid enough for this and just shuts the door yep what's his deal i mean we we discussed Oh, he he's just he's not about. engaged. Yeah, he's just there getting paid, you know? Mm -hmm. It's his day job. He's like, uh, who's the like, fail son in The Sopranos? Uh, I believe it's Philip Soprano. Don't know why I ask I've you anything. I've never seen Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> Is it um, Donnie Duchovny? No. Is it um, David Dunovny? Anyway, um, that was that episode of Barkano. Nick, what were your highlights from this episode? My highlight, without a doubt, has got to be... See, now I have doubts. <laughs> <laughs> what does your heart tell you? Uh, You've just got to ride the waves, Nick. Go I with fucking, the flow. Well, I fucking love the Three Kingdoms bit. Where yeah. they're like, it's a thing of the Three Kingdoms. And I, in my mind, I was like, it actually is just like the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, because like, well, you didn't really delve into the metaphor they were throwing down there. But like, between um, Jacuzzi's gang, the uh, Russos, and the uh, the Lemurs, yep. the train has been divided up into three territories. And it makes perfect sense. But that's the best thing because they're like, oh yeah, it was divided into these three things and, and these three things were uh, represented by these. And, and then like, from that point on, they get every detail wrong. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you guys don't know anything about the three about kings. Anything. It's amazing. My highlight is probably the twist that, oh my God, she didn't drink the elixir. You <gasps> can't eat her, Zillard. And now your arm has been chopped off. Nice. Low lights. Come up and... Uh, it just looked like a good... Like, we thought she did, but mm. she didn't. Classic twist. Yeah. My low light is probably... We're never gonna get back on that boat. We're never gonna give you up. Niall has no characterization whatsoever. He was a bit player. Huey at was... He, at least he got a name. Yeah, Huey was just kind of there, but we didn't see much of him. Elmer, we know of, but haven't really seen much of. Um... <laughs> But, like, there's all these people there that are just like, who the fuck is this guy? It was guy? just, like, a little... Like, who's... It was context. But, like, who's long-haired guy? Doesn't matter. But I like my everything-connected kind of <laughs> storytelling, you know? 
Yeah. Well, there's more going on than we're just seeing in the Bakuno anime. For that, I recommend you turn to the light novel series. Oh, Carol, why would you do this to Kakarot? Why didn't you select a better starting point? I just anyway, want to know who they are. Oh, I just I just saw the um, name of the last episode of this, and I think you'll like it. But, oh, have I given my low light? No. Okay. No. My low light is... Um, what is Liam's low light? No, we're not doing this. Thingy. We're not doing this. He's got a thingy to do. I suppose my say that out of these two episodes, the low light moment of it, for me, would be... Come on, let that ice squint harder. Think harder. Like miser. Squint like miser. Get those veins pumping. God, that's I don't a- know, man. I liked these episodes. I got a bit tired. I felt like maybe this is more of a structural criticism. Mm-hmm. It was a bit heavy on the Isaac and Maria doing their thing. Wow. Okay. All right. It's like if you have like... I thought I knew you, man. I thought I could trust you. Like what's something really sweet? Honey. Yeah, like a little bit of honey. Good. Mm-hmm. If you're drowning whatever you're having in honey, it's too sweet. Okay, that was a bad metaphor. Let's try, um... Because if I had too much honey, I'd be like, this is the greatest thing ever. That's why I love Winnie the Pooh so much. Because he and I understand you can never have too much honey. Nick! Yes! Jacuzzi Splot is going to fuck up the Russos. Isaac and Maria are on the hunt for the rail tracer. Agreed. Firo is still doing things in the past. Shane is still missing a button from her sleeve. Yes. Zillard still wants that elixir, which I think the Gandors have at the moment. You'd know it, baby. What we'll have next time on Barkano in... Okay, two episode titles for you. Okay. Nine. Claire Stanfield faithfully carries out the mission. Claire. Now, of course, in episode one, they were talking about the train coming and Firo was like, Claire is coming? Claire! Yeah. Uh, Episode ten. Cheslaw Meyer is forced to rework his Tremble Before the Spectre of Immortals strategy. Excuse me, what the fuck? The title of his strategy is Tremble Before the Spectre of Immortals. Uh, okay. <laughs> Alright, here's what I think's gonna happen. Okay. Cheslaw's on this train. He's on the train. What if the... Choo-choo. What if the, the spectre that we're seeing is, like, some weird thing that's like, I'm coming for your souls, or something... That, that's com- that's I think you're com- taking Spectre too literally. Okay, never mind. Uh, what if the Rail Tracer... The Rail Tracer. What the Rail Tracer! What if the Rail Tracer is actually just a Rail Tracer? Like, it's actually just some random monster that's shown up. Just like the story nowhere. said. Yes. Just out of nowhere, it's here, it's coming to kill everyone on the train. How will they stop it? Um, Isaac will shoot it with the gun in his heart I don't think they're going to stop it I think it's just going to get out of hand And then the train's going to crash But we know the train arrives Oh, but then Wait, but then what What crashed then? Something What crashed. do you mean? You know how we saw um, Shane holding onto the thing yeah. in the river? Yep Wasn't that the train crashing? No, we saw her floating on some luggage in the river Yeah That doesn't mean the train crashed But didn't the The, the train arrived People got off the train and met with Firo and Luck Oh god, are there... Are there multiple things happening? Because I swear something went off the rails. We saw Shane floating in a river, hanging onto a box. Yeah. And fishing, and people were fishing out other luggage too. Mm-hmm. We saw Lad and Lua surrounded by police. And Lad was rave, waving a gun and raving and being like, if I had known this would have happened, I would have killed you already. Mm. Mm. The train arrived. Isaac and Maria reunited with their friends, Firo and Ennis. Right. Okay. Cheslaw met up with Miser. Ah. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. I have no fucking clue. (laughs) 
Uh, Cheslaw will... We might see more of him. Oh, He's on the train. Maybe this will be... He's unencumbered by the scent of his wife's daughter. Maybe this... No, maybe we'll have to meet Claire. We know that Lad shoots yes. Cheslaw in the face at some at point. At some point. Rethink his strategy. Maybe he'll have to rethink the strategy because Lad Russell is aboard and he gets shot by him in that episode. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe... Oh, but he has to reckon with the fact that ultimately he is still a child's body. Yes, maybe. Okay, hang on. First episode, we're going to meet Claire... We're going to hear her deal. Um, and also, while that's happening, Jacuzzi is going to enact some kind of plan. What if Claire is the lady who's crawling around the underside? You have already guessed that. I'm guessing it again. Great, doubling down. Great. And then next episode, Cheslaw will get some time. Side note, a couple of episodes ago, I did remember what Claire's whole deal was, and I'm very excited for you to find out. Interesting. Claire is the spectre. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Cheslaw is going to... There's a character in this show that doesn't really appear in the show... But I think is in some of the episodes that we will get to that didn't air, the last three. Okay. Called Graham Spectre. And I don't know what their deal is. Maybe they were one of the people on the ship who went unnamed. All right. Strange. Graham um, Spectre. My name is Graham Spectre. Such a mundane first name with such a surreal surname. Yeah, bad surname, but good first name. Um, okay, 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 okay. I'd okay. flip that, if anything. Uh, what's gonna happen? Okay, Cheslaw is gonna enact some. Oh, he's okay, gonna. We're try. running very long, so let's yes. wrap it up. He's gonna try and enact some kind of plan in that second episode. Maria and uh, Isaac. Isaac are gonna try some bullshit, but we're not gonna see much of it. Jacuzzi will continue his plan, but meet up with the strange lady who's crawling on the other oh, yeah. side. And what's what are niece and Donnie, niece and Nick gonna do? They were left behind to look after the people slash take care of the aggressors Ooh. in the dining cart. They're going to try pulling some sneaky bullshit. Now we know that Nick has a knife. Yes, but he doesn't have a gun. No. Nick's don't know what she's packing. Maybe they She likes bombs. She, well, yeah, probably. Uh, maybe she'll pull out a bomb and be like, either you fuck off or this whole place goes up. Maybe like a suicide play. Oh my know? God, hardcore. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. What's Lad up to? Been a while since we've seen him. Yeah, he's not going to be in either of these episodes, okay. I don't think. And Shane? She's got Ooh. the senator's wife's daughter. True, she does. I don't know, maybe she's just going to take her and be like, this is good leverage, and then take her back to... It's true, they did want to kidnap her. To um the main guy who's on the radio. Mr. Goose. Yeah, Mr. Goose. Punk. Yeah. That's all I got. That's literally... I have no idea what's going to happen. Goose Train. Until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued. Arrivederci.